All right, we're here for the round table. Thank you all for joining. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Matt Samet, our editor here, but we have Mike Mills, our photo editor. We have Lindsay Westcott, our art director, and we have Kevin Corrigan, our digital editor, and myself, Kevin Riley, the associate publisher. So usually at this point, we uh, go around the horn here and talk about some uh, spray, if you have any. But does anybody have anything they want to talk about? Uh, I was just mentioning to you, I put up a new climbing wall in my garage. Oh, fun. So uh, at the beginning of the year, it might have been before the quarantine started, I, I put up a crack machine and a few vertical panels, uh, which is kind of like the limit of my technical expertise. And the crack machine was way too hard. And the vertical panels were just not that fun. Uh, so uh, last weekend, uh, I had a professional come out, a guy that James Lucas put me in touch with that like is the head root setter at a gym in Denver and builds walls professionally uh, and put up this really sick 40 degree wall in my garage. Oh, nice. And it's awesome. Uh, and I spent two nights root setting, and then I was so worked from root setting that I have not been able to climb any of the roots I set. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm stoked. You're gonna have to put me in touch with him because I'm gonna put in a wall in my garage, and I have exposed beams, but I'm not really sure if they're load bearing or not. <laughs> so I might wanna talk to him and have him come out and take a look and give me some advice. Sure. Was it expensive? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if I could just throw his rates out there on the podcast, he charges like 14 feet per square foot of wall. I'm finished. Nice. But that's all inclusive. That includes everything, huh? Not the materials. Oh, it doesn't include the materials. Interesting. No, but they don't, they don't add too much to the cost. Yeah. And what did you do for holds and stuff? Did you just kind of get a variety of holds from different companies? Are you sticking with one company? You're doing a system? What's the plan? Uh, yeah, kind of a variety. Uh, my long-term plan is I'm probably going to turn it into a tension board. Okay. They're super backed up, so that's not happening anytime soon. So uh, Atomic has like a 75 hold steep wall starter pack. Then I got a set from Sinrock, this company out in Pennsylvania that make these um, ceramic holds that are really cool. Uh, they're like by far the the cheapest you can pick up, and they're really nice. Uh, they yeah, used then, to make natural holes too. Like they would take actual rock and drill. Oh, interesting. But I think that gets a little heavy on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gets steeper and steeper. It's like the tread wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. Congratulations. Um, you. I'm sure you'll be sending uh, double digit boulder problems in no time, putting up hard stuff. Um, well, I saw a really awesome video. You know, I'm kind of usually like somewhat bored by climbing videos, but Arcteryx put out an incredible video called On the Verge. Any of you seen that? It's a really cool video about climbing and the climbing community and really like the logging industry in Powell River, British Columbia. Oh, I did see that. I it think was, it's on uh, Amazon Prime as well. Yeah, it's all over. It's free. You can get it free on YouTube or just a number of platforms. They put it out there. It's about 40 minutes long. 
But it is just such an incredible story, really great cinematography. Like the imagery is wonderful. You know, I love obscure trad climbing, multi-pitch climbing. So this, like, I was just in heaven watching this thing because it seemed like for decades, you know, this local climbing community basically had this big wall, 3,000 feet tall granite wall and there's multiple all over there and they you know a community of like 10 people like a dozen people had this to themselves just looks beautiful out there yeah it's absolutely stunning i mean maybe the weather's not the best it looks a little wet out there <laughs> a lot of vegetation but you know for those you know obscure hungry climbers like myself it just looked like you know mecca and i just loved watching it and you know, I think it brought a lot of attention to, you know, what's going on there. You know, this place used to be so remote and pristine, and now the logging industry has pretty much cut down all of the old growth that, you know, really is endangered at this point. You know, there's not a lot of old growth around almost anywhere now. And they basically gotten all of the old growth that's down low and now we're moving into the alpine zone and taking the old growth from there you know really going to extremes you know bringing in helicopters and stuff like that it's kind of sad to watch but it's nice to see that you know a climbing community can kind of come together and help fight that and kind of you know fight the good fight so if any of you have not seen on the verge definitely check it out it's a great watch and it's free, so climbers like free. So, <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, any personal spray? What do you got going on, Mike? I ventured into climbing gyms in Boulder, Colorado, for the first time. That was that was weird. You yeah. live to tell the tale. <laughs> I I was super freaked out about uh, not getting a reservation, and because there's that there's the reservation system now, and I thought like. I was just like, there's no way I'm going to have to like book my session three days in advance if I want to go climb. And it's like the polar opposite. Like the gym's like empty. It's like there's 50 slots. There's like only 10 people in there. And I was like, well, this is great for me, but I feel bad for the gyms. And so that was certainly not expected. But yeah, whole place to myself. Who knew? I have been going to, and I was scared the other night because in movement, there's like a 15 person limit in the bouldering area. And I have been wondering like what happens if all these people show up and then no one has climbing partners. So you can't go in the roped area and there's too many boulders. And we actually were at the limit of 15 people in the bouldering area the other night at movement, but it was fine. Like I just went upstairs and got on the beast maker, but it was like the most crowded I had seen movement in, in like months. It was crazy. Uh -huh. Or like people keeping distance, wearing masks, everything. Um, no way to like <laughs> you know how it is. Like the yeah. boulder, like it's a little boulder of, canyon. Yeah, it's a little canyon. Yeah, so it's hard to like get. You know, it was like as aggressive as you needed to be. Like before, you know how you have to like sort of like get in there to get on new new stuff. It was it was intense, but I think there's hope. People will be going back to gyms more and more. They at least turned the air conditioning on, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Did you cover yourself in Friction Labs chalk? <laughs> no, I my skin hates 
liquid chalk. So I've been doing the chalk balls. But... Do, you, do you guys get that? I got a, like a promo email from them too. Like, like tagline, like Friction Lab secret stuff kills coronavirus or something like that. <laughs> I, I actually uh, interviewed the uh, researchers that did that study yesterday. Oh, one of oh. them. And uh, we'll have a news article about it today or tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I was like, all right, I'll bite cook baby, but like, I'll, I'll open that one. So that's funny. It's actually, it's a, it's a pretty cool story. Like these dudes kind of, uh, you know, virologists and, and professors, they were all climbers and they found out about this friction lag stuff independently on their own, just by being on friction labs newsletter. And, uh, then Friction Labs reached out to them and they were really stoked to, to run this experiment. And, you know, they had someone that actually had the SARS-CoV-2 virus like right upstairs doing his own research. So they got to use the actual virus to test it with this product. Uh, and the, these researchers were so stoked that they got to do this. <laughs> and wow. they, uh, Friction Labs sent them free t-shirts and they actually almost got into like an ethics issue <laughs> because oh, yeah. there's like... <laughs> they have to like report any gifts or anything they receive. And luckily they kind of avoided it because there's a $50 minimum on any problems. And it was just like t-shirts. I want to know who makes their videos. They're pretty out there. Did you guys see the marketing video for it? Yeah. No, I haven't. It's this like guy cl climbing, but he's on a green screen. So he's not actually climbing, but the backdrop is like a, a bouldering wall. So he's like, climbing and jumping around and stuff. I don't know, it's pretty out there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, cool. Lindsay, you got anything? That was my Oh yeah, that's right. All right. Okay, well, it's everybody's favorite time. Guess that, Graham, you've been waiting for it all month. And, uh, all right here. It's going to be a little bit easier, though. We don't have Matt. He never did too well in the first place. So <laughs> okay. Question number one. Guess that, Graham. High above the Narrows, back when climbing in Zion was allowed. That's it. That's, that's the caption. Oh, man. It's a hard one. It's harder without Matt here now, huh? Without Matt. Okay. Does anybody want to just, you know, take the uh, the guess? For the bonus three points. Nobody's taking you up on it. Okay. Oh. Is it Dave Elfrey, Rob Pism, or Pamela Shanti Pack? We're going to start with you, Kevin. Who do you think it is? Pism. Okay. You're confident, huh? Lindsay, what do you think? I say Pism also. Yeah, I'm going to go Piz. So. You guys were all right. I don't know how you guys got that one. I thought that was going to be harder. Well, <laughs> I was thinking so Alfred, isn't he like more of a mountain guy? And then Pamela, she's probably just like holed up in Meetabu or the creek. So, yeah. <laughs> I know Piz has been doing a lot of new walls in Zion the past couple of years. That's kind of all I had. <laughs> Well, good job. You guys are all off to a fantastic start, but they're going to get harder, so don't get too cocky. Okay, eyes on the prize. Wasn't expecting this, but I was able to make a quick-ish send to, 
send of the alley, 8B V13. I thought this climb is one of the harder V13s in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park for sure. Maybe even felt like V14 in my opinion. 23 hand moves, no real rest, and some powerful moves in it. There are also quite a few cruxes, pumpy and satisfying to top out. Also love the good vibes from the crew up there last night. Fun times. Does anybody want to take a guess? Get the three points. Nobody wants it. Okay, well, we're going to move on. And so your options are, is it Alex Puccio, Brooke Rabatou, or Maddie Hong? All right, Mike, we're going to start with you. Alex, Brooke, or Maddie? I'm going to go Puccio. Okay. What about you, Lindsay? I'm going to say Maddie. Okay. And what about you, Corrigan? Can I ask what the problem name was again? Yes, the problem name was The Alley. I'll go Maddie. Okay. No, I think it was Puccio. <laughs> I'm not changing my answer. You already locked in. It I was Puccio. Uh, I feel like I saw that one and even liked it. <laughs> All right, Mike takes the lead, but there's a few questions left. There's still time. Okay, question number three. Is it still climbing if you mainly use your knees? I grew up crawling my way up the blocky limestone of Rifle, Colorado. So to me, knee barring is as much a part of climbing as crimping is. I spent a good I chunk, know this one. <laughs> <laughs> chunk of my early summer back at the crag where I fell in love with climbing over two decades ago. I was happy to come away with a send of uh, humunculus 8B plus 514A, a route that truly embodies all the trickery and unique techniques that define rifle climbing. Okay, Corrigan, well, I think, write it down or think about it in your head. You can't change it. I, <laughs> her name is slipping my mind, but I know exactly who it is. Uh oh. Do we write, uh, how do we guess? Can I write her boyfriend's name down? No, you cannot. Tony <laughs> Harrington. You can't show. We okay. all agree it's Emily, right? Wrote it down, huh? It's Emily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, though? There's other people on the call. Everyone knows. Mike Everybody was knows this one. So did Mike. you show it already, Mike? What? Did you yeah, I said Emily. Yeah. We all said we know who it was, like, as you were reading it. We all knew it was Emily. I, well, Kevin couldn't remember her name. <laughs> You would have lost it out. I, I would have had it by the time it was. Uh... <laughs> okay, well, you got lucky. to say Adrian, right? So you're like boyfriend. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you. The other half of Danger Stick TV. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry, I just won. Mike's still in the lead. Okay. Another knee bar Instagram post. Link ups and knee bars, two things I'm usually not exactly keen on, but it's just too hard to resist that special wicked cave pump. This one is uh, quite logical, straight line, fat camp, 14C, right into bad club, 14C, without good rest on either, and a new boulder problem in between as well. Felt pretty hard to me, but I did spot 
spontaneously explode out of a knee bar twice. So I might not be the best judge. I'll call it fat camp, 14D. Great to have these last two weeks in rifle with yet again, more new stuff to try. Okay. So what are the rules this time if we know it? How do we say it? Just, just write it down. Don't show it to me. Just send, uh, write it in a private chat to me. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, you can't change it once I give the selection. Does it, is anybody else guessing? No. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay. So the options are Jonathan Segrist, Drew Mack, or Ben Ruick. And we're going to start with Kevin Corrigan. Who do you think it is? Uh, I guess I'll go Segrist. You did not sound confident. I wasn't. <laughs> Lindsay, who do you think it is? I'm also going to say J-Star. Okay. And Mike, who did you have? I can't read it, but it looks like... J-Star. <laughs> okay, you got three points. Taking a commanding lead. Ooh. Eight to five with Kevin and Lindsay trailing in second place. Okay. All right, so last question here. Since moving to California, I've been itching to discover some true alpine bouldering spots close to home, places where, similar to Colorado, you can really climb hard in the dead of summer. Recently, a few friends and I have been working through a slew of amazing projects sitting above 10K. Despite all that is happening around us, it has been really nice to escape to this beautiful place. Here's a rad pick by the homie, Eric Bristle, of a block I put up last week called Wishing Well, V13. I'll guess. Okay, we got one guess. Any others? Yeah. Okay, so is it... Or Kevin, did you write yours down or have it in your head? Or I'm opening a new notepad file so I can write it down. <laughs> All right, I got it. <laughs> okay, is it Matt Fultz, John Glassberg, or Jimmy Webb? And we're going to start with Mike. I'm good, Jimmy. All right. Lindsay? I, I think also Jimmy. Okay. And Kevin, who did you have? I wrote down Jimmy. All right, you got three points. Bring it back. Well, well, you uh, we split the field, which is good. We got uh, first, second, and third. We got Mike Mills in first with nine points. That's a good score. We got Lindsay, uh, Kevin Corrigan in eight, or in second place with eight points, and Lindsay in third place with six points. All right. Well. At least you guys didn't get them as much as you did last time. So I'm pretty happy with that. That round of Guess Your Gram. Those were great. Yeah. I, I really appreciated those ones this time. Usually it's super obscure. This one's yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I don't usually keep up with like the 14-year-old pressures from like England or something like that or whatever those obscure <laughs> ones were. But All right. So we're on to news. Kevin, what do you got? Uh, so probably the biggest story in the past couple of weeks is that Alex Honnold and Tommy Caldwell did an enormous link up in Rocky Mountain National Park, something they called the Cuddle Traverse, where they tagged uh, 11 classic Rocky Mountain routes moving for 36 hours covering, let's see, uh, 
something like 65 pitches, 35 miles, 20,000 feet of vert. And it was 36 hours, was it? They were moving for 36 hours continuously. Though they do say that they cuddled overnight at some point, so maybe not super continuously, but more or less. And did they count that overnight, or were they just counting the time they were moving? Does anybody... I, I think from start to finish, they were going for 36 hours. And they so they missed they missed the supply meetup towards the beginning where they were supposed to pick up some food and I think another layer and maybe headlamps. Uh, so they ended up stuck in, you know, shorts and short sleeves overnight, I believe, without food, uh, without headlamps. And, and that's why they had to cuddle. And they were also soloing by the light of of cell phones at one point. So it sounds pretty gnarly. Yeah, I think it's incredible. I just love the oh, way yeah. sport is moving to kind of like speed, fastest known times. I've been saying this for like five years now, but I would love to see Honold go up against like Anton Kropichka doing a similar thing. Like I just love the blending of ultra running and climbing. I just think it's so cool. And really in the spirit of freedom of the hills, you know, yeah. really traversing as much terrain as fastly and as efficiently as possible. And usually, you know, if you can move fast and quickly, it's safer, um, which is just like another cool aspect to that kind of like what they're doing and, and doing it fast and light. So I just I think it's cool. And I just loved also a lot of the routes there are pretty moderate. You know, you look at them and a majority of them are in the like five, nine, five, 10 range, which is yeah. also really cool. You know, they're not doing super hard stuff. This is something, you know, my partner and I could try to do and see how fast we could do something like that. It'd probably take a full weekend, if not more, but um, yeah, I just thought it was pretty rad. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, certainly I aspire to climb like, 514 or free climb El Cap or something like that. Realistically, it might not ever happen, but you know, I pretty much all the routes that they did in their outing are things that would be achievable for me at some point, you know, and I've I have done Shark's Tooth. That's only 56. I've attempted the diamond. I got shut down on it, but uh it is really cool that it's something the average climber could aspire to do. Like maybe they could pick a chunk of it and be like, I'm going to do this part of this amazing thing that Honold and Caldwell did. Yeah, this is, seems incredibly intense. I appreciated all the Instagram posts about it too, like the one of Tommy just like passed out in some scree. Yeah. Like Tommy, Tommy is human. <laughs> yeah. Honold's still not human, but Tommy is. No, but Tommy at least. Yeah, I like the, well, if you, High-end rock climbers make it a little harder if you don't bring headlamps. Just use your cell phone. Got to, got to pull on the handicap there. The one thing I think we should bring up, you know, there was some tragic news that came out of Rocky Mountain National Park last week. Um, Twenty-six-year-old Dylan Blanksma, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name. A gentleman from Golden um, mm -hmm. slipped from the Broadway wet. Broadway ledge was just like horrifying. And, um, you know, this one, I didn't know him personally, um, but he was hanging out with my climbing partner last week. It was really sad. And 
you know, it's just been really kind of a dark place right now around Golden and the climbing community. And, you know, I think while we also celebrate like speed in the mountains and stuff like that, I think it's also important to, to realize that like the Alpine area is dangerous. And, you know, while we are trying to, you know, enjoy ourselves out there and can sometimes feel invincible, it's really important to be mindful that it's, you know, the mountains are a dangerous place and, and we all need to be extremely careful out there and be looking out for for one another. Lindsay, I'm sorry. Did you did you know Dylan? No. It's uh, just really sad. I know. Yeah, there's a there's kind of a, a weird unfortunate parallel also to when Alex and Honold were sorry, Alex and Tommy were doing the no speed record in 2018, uh, right while they were bringing down their time. There was that accident with Jason Wells and Tim Klein uh, who passed away during a speed ascent on El Cap. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it is, you know, uh, kind of a dark coincidence that whenever one of these kind of like big achievements happens, it seems that there's like an unfortunate accident nearby that mm -hmm. so happens that, you know, obviously they're not connected really, but um, that was just something I kind of been thinking of, you know, because the week before my buddy Pete, who's my climbing partner, you know, we're texting and talking about the time he called well Alex Honnold link up. We're like, oh, we got to try that. And then, um, you know, a week later, his friend passed away on that Broadway ledge, you know, and it's just like so sad. Um, anyways, it's just, uh, you know, I thought it was important to bring that up and anybody who knew Dylan definitely thoughts and prayers out to them and, and to the golden climbing community and uh, everybody that, uh, you know, whose lives that he touched, he sound like an incredible person. I think it, you know, when you see people like Honnold and Tommy Caldwell doing these incredible things, especially when they team up, it's easy to get this sense that it's impossible for them to fail because they're so talented and it's impossible for an accident to happen to them because they always seem to succeed. Uh, but it's just a stark reminder that these things are super, super dangerous. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you guys remember when Tommy, Paul, or not Tommy, Paul, uh, Chris Sharma was climbing Jumbo Love and just taking these insane whippers. Um, and I remember being in, in uh, Boulder Canyon and I was visiting at the time. I didn't live there. And I just saw these like college kids taking these insane whippers. And they were all talking. They had just started sport climbing like months before. And I think they had seen all the climbing videos of climbers just taking these super long falls and everything being okay. Uh. And like, you know, say something. Be like, listen, you know, like, yes, a rope's going to catch you, but you can still get hurt, you know? Like, climbing 100%. Jump up is also like this, right? So yeah. Exactly. And it's also like 200 feet tall. <laughs> exactly. So I think it is important to, again, just be mindful of, of the dangers of climbing and also, you know, kind of, you know, relate that to, to new climbers that we're mentoring, you know. What you see on TV isn't always safe to do at home. Yeah. I, so I tried uh, the casual route on the Diamond, I think it was two summers ago now. And I don't have a huge trad climbing background. I did climb trad for a couple of years and kind of stopped. And I had done the shark's tooth in the past, but that's only five, six. 
And so my buddy went up to try casual route. He's way more experienced. So I was going to lead the easy pitches, which is the North chimney. And then the first pitch of the route, he was probably going to lead the rest. Um, and I was like totally uncomfortable and totally out of my element the entire time we were on that wall. Uh, we ended up bailing about a pitch and a half up of the actual route above Broadway ledge. Uh, because I led everything up to that point and was moving way too slow because I just like didn't trust any of the holds. Like it felt like none of the rock up there was attached. Like none of my pieces felt like they would hold because the rock was not attached. I don't know. It felt super sketchy to me. Yeah. I know people would climb it in like four hours car to car. <laughs> yeah, they did um, the southwest corner of the saber which i just got on uh got on like a month ago and i thought it was super sketchy and i'm sure they just like cruised it <laughs> like no time hey has anybody heard about usa climbing and the uh speed and uh sport national championships i thought i saw something about them canceling one of their events oh um that's a good question they usually happen in like january through march okay so i don't know if they canceled anything that far out but i'll have to double check i was uh, just wondering if there's been any news with usa climbing or with the olympics with anything if anybody's heard anything yeah so the olympics are still the tokyo committee confirmed the schedule and all the venues for next year they're still moving ahead as though it will run a, a year from when it was supposed to run um uh on the other hand the world cup canceled all of their events that were supposed to take place in china but they are planning to resume the world cup season towards the end of august uh there's kind of like a lot of question marks about that because we don't know if people from the u.s the first event is supposed to take place in europe we don't know if people from the u.s will be even be allowed to travel there <laughs> uh so they're not counting the events that are going to happen for the remainder of the season, they're not counting towards like the overall standings. They're kind of just going to be one-off exhibitions. Mm. Uh, they did do a cool thing over the weekend. They had a sort of virtual speed climbing competition where they had people logging times on their own walls, wherever they're located and videoing it against people who were competing at the same time, you know, over video basically. Uh, the only difference was the person on the wall obviously couldn't see the person they were competing against. Like, you know, normally they have a sense of whether they're ahead or not. So it was more of a mystery. They were just trying to climb as fast as they were and then hoping they beat the person. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. That's probably it for news. Unless anybody has anything they need to, they'd like to bring up. All right, then. Well, thank you all for joining and see you next month back at the round table. Thanks, all. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks.